With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. Our three Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Hope you had a nice week and enjoyed some preseason football. Got college football just right around the corner. Part of the family here, of course, racing dudes, both Jared and Aaron. Aaron Halterman is going to join us here, our buddy. I haven't talked to you. I feel like we used to talk all the time. You don't write. You don't call. You don't send a letter. Aaron Halterman, RacingDudes.com, handicapper, at Racing underscore Dudes on Twitter. Um, I know you've got college football to talk about specifically your Sooners in Oklahoma. How's baseball been going for you? How are our Reds doing, huh? Uh, well, listen, that's why I haven't been calling or writing. I was afraid you were going to ask about the Reds, and that's been a bitter disappointment the last, what, three or four weeks. Uh, believe it or not, guys, I went to Cincinnati to a game uh, about a week ago, and they actually won that game. That was like one of the three or four they've won here in August. So, uh, no, baseball's been good other than the Reds are not reliable anymore, so I've been losing with them. But that's it is what it is. You know, they're a young team, and they've, they've got a lot of learning and adjusting to do. So I'm not going to panic yet. They're still not out of it. So, so long ways to go. Nope, not out of it. But let's back up a little bit. Did you and your wife just randomly go to Cincinnati, Ohio? Like, what is this? <laughs> um, sort of. So we went, we went to Saratoga and we drove Saratoga is a nice racetrack uh, up in upstate New York. And her family also lives in upstate New York. So we had a lot of like going around to do. So we actually made the drive and I told her, you know, we should visit Cincinnati on the way back. And Oh, by the way, we're going to a Reds game. So <laughs> we did go, uh, they played the Marlins. They act like I said, they actually won. I'd never uh, been to Cincinnati to a, a baseball game. And so that was kind of fun to see a new park. That's always a good time. Um, yeah, they listen, it, it was, um, I was surprised there wasn't hardly anybody there. I thought people would be a little bit more excited about them. Um, evidently not. I would say there are like five, 10,000 people in the stadium. You know, it's <laughs> to me, it's Go interesting ahead, with this team that the interest level, because of what they've been able to do, hasn't picked up quite a bit, but maybe it's the kind of the drop off they've had of late. I Maybe it was a Monday that we were there. Maybe that had something to do with it, but still like I sat like eight rows behind the dugout for like 20 bucks. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? Like you would think there would be like a lot of people here and people would be going crazy. Uh, I think they were like in first in the wild card that day when we went, but yeah, I mean, I was talking to some fans. They said on the weekends, it's pretty busy, but like right now it's just like uh, on the weekdays, they're still not drawn very well. So we'll see. Uh, they're still pretty, like I said, it's a very young team. They've got those guys for a while. So we'll see if it picks up. Aaron Halterman, racing Part of the family here on sharp money. Always an open invite for Mr. Halterman. So let's discuss um, last year in the Big 12. Let's just start there with Oklahoma and the idea that they're bailing on the Big 12 and heading to the SEC. I don't know if I've ever really got your take on that. How does that feel for you? Uh, it felt really, really good when we were good and we had Lincoln Riley and we had these great offenses. And then after last year when we went 6-7 and seven in the Big 12, which is much weaker in my opinion than the SEC, 
didn't feel very good at all, Patrick. It feels awful, and I think we're in total disaster mode right now, honestly. Uh, most of my OU friends hate me by now because I live in this world called reality. Uh, but what was on the field last year was horrific, and I'm not sure it's going to get much better. So I don't think there could be a worse time for this program to jump to the SEC, to be honest. Um, this is a huge, pivotal year for us. If we don't play well this year, if we struggle again, then there's all kinds of issues. I mean, if we show improvement, it could be okay, but I get it financially. I mean, we had to do it from a financial standpoint and just that security. And you see how everybody's just jumping ship left and right now. We were kind of ahead of the game. So from like from an administration standpoint, it's like, yeah, I made sense. Like that's totally what we needed to do. But you know, from, Hey, are we going to be competitive in football standpoint? I think when we made the move at first, everybody was like, Oh yeah, we'll be fine. And now all this has happened and it's like, this is slightly terrifying right now. So as of right now, I don't like it very well. Aaron, quickly, I want to apologize. Amal, is this the penultimate year? It's not 24. Are they leaving for 25? No, this is is the last year. Okay. Okay. My bad. No, you're good. Go ahead, Amal. No, I was going to say, Aaron, where do you see the record record wise for this team? I know they wound up six and seven last year. They played very, very well against Florida State in that bowl game. Could have won that game just as easily. Had some hiccups along the way, but um, based on the way you're talking, you, you it sounds like you're saying you know seven and five or something. That's I think the realistic uh, expectation. I, I think I've heard a, like nine and three from a lot of people, and I would do a backflip if we went nine and three. Uh, I, I think that'd be a very good second season after what we saw last year. And I, I think what a lot of Oklahoma fans kind of learned last year: the uniform doesn't win the games; it's the players in the uniform that win the games. And I think a lot of people thought, "Hey, we're still Oklahoma, Brent Venables." I, uh, from a coaching standpoint, X's and O's, I still believe in him. Um, uh, you know, can he like run a program? Not sure yet, but uh, anyway, I, it, they just, they lost so many guys and they really didn't do a great job in the portal last year, replacing guys. They still really haven't done a great job this year. And so uh, you, you have a defense that's still pretty weak and then you've got an offense that's just, you know, better than average for sure. Like it's a good offense, but it's not an elite type of offense. So yeah, I mean, to circle back the long answer here, I I'm looking at eight and four, nine and three. And, and like you said, maybe seven and five. I think that's where Oklahoma lands this year. You, you know, Patrick, there was a sigh. There was a sigh of all when he said Venables. So I want to ask you and then let, let you follow up and finish your question. I think you're high on Venables as a head coach, Amal. I am. I think he, look, I think he was the reason for the success at Clemson. When he left, I said Dabo's eventually going to go downhill. I know that they had two great quarterbacks, but their defenses were elite. Remember, they kept Alabama and Tua to 16 points in the national championship game. I think Venables, when you look back, Bob Stoops made a bad decision. Obviously, you're going to take your family over Venables in that case where he took his brother Mike Stoops. But to me, I think Venables eventually will get this program back to where it needs to be. They're bringing a kid from Indiana named Deshaun McCullough. He's a big-time recruit who almost committed to Ohio State, ends up going to Indiana because his dad was on the staff there, now transfers to Oklahoma. When you look at the schedule, Aaron and Patrick, I think the Sooners will be okay. Kansas is decent, not a great team. Texas is a bit of a hiccup game, but you got West Virginia. TCU's in a bit of a rebuild. They only have three starters back on offense. Tulsa's not particularly strong, even though it's an in-state game. T Boone Pickens Stadium, where they have to play at Oklahoma State, usually a tough game in Bedlam, but I don't think Oklahoma State's as good as they've been in years past. Uh, man, Amal, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. And the, and the main thing that I totally agree with, they never should have let Venables go. He is an excellent defensive coordinator. And boy, did he prove uh, your, your opinion and my opinion right. And I agree, he was a big part of that success at Clemson. But the main thing that I think he had at Clemson that he doesn't have right now at Oklahoma. It's the players, Amal. Like, they had great players. They have NFL players at Clemson once they got going, once he was there a couple years. They recruited very well. I'm with you, like the kid from Indiana coming in. I've got high hopes, but... Well, you look at this defense, they look slow and undersized again this year at linebacker. That's not great. It's been, I don't know, maybe when I was like a junior in high school, since we've had a secondary at Oklahoma that could do anything, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, you know, if they can actually cover a pass this year, the defensive front to me looks like a joke to be completely blunt. I don't think they're going to be very good there. I'm with like, I love Brent Venables. I think he is a great, uh, a a defensive coach. I think he is the best human being maybe in all of college football, 
The problem I, that I don't love about him from a head coaching standpoint, he's extremely old school when it comes to recruiting. Uh, I, I knew we were in big, big trouble last year. Uh, the first interview I heard from him, he said, you know what? If a kid that's a junior or a senior, if he commits verbally to Oklahoma, we don't want him visiting any other school after that. And I thought, oh, that's going to be awful because that's not how that works at all. Like this is not 1995. Right. And and so it caused problems. And then he's like, if a kid goes to another school uh, just for a visit, then, then that verbal's out from him. And I'm like, that's crazy. And he actually did that. Now he's backed off on a lot of that. I hope he learned a lot from that side of it from last year to this year, because that side of it last year was a total disaster and it caused a lot of trouble. Now like, he's used he's using the portal better. He's, he's kind of relaxed on that. So maybe that part of it'll come around, but X's and O's he's great. Patrick. I don't think Aaron's going to agree with me. I think they have the best quarterback in the league. Uh, Alterman. I, we'll see. I, I think he <laughs> I told you, he's so, I told you he's he's agree so with me. down right now. <laughs> I, look, I, I think Dylan Gabriel's biggest problem was he he's followed great quarterbacks, right? I mean, you got Baker and you got Kyler and you got Jalen uh, and, and then Caleb Williams, who I'll talk about in a second. That's his biggest problem. Like he's not those guys. I don't think he's the best one in the league. I don't, I think he's the least of our problems. I'll put it that way. I don't think he's going to beat us. I think he is a, a bright spot for us. I don't know if he's the best in the league or not. We'll see. He's going to have to improve a little bit from last year. That's for sure. They have to go five and zero on their way to Dallas. Now yep. I believe they got beat up, what forty nine nothing last year by te- in Dallas yep. by Texas. Mm-hmm. But you look at the schedule, boys: Arkansas State, SMU, at Tulsa, at Cincinnati. Okay, but you're a big time program. They come back home. They got Iowa State. Okay, but you're a big time program. That's five and zero. Oh. You you have to October seven Halterman. You have to be in Dallas undefeated. That's it. He- you have to be, and you called us a big time program twice, and we're not until we prove we are again, in my opinion. And I think that's the biggest thing about it. We we cannot sit here and say we're Oklahoma. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to Cincinnati and win. Well, you mean you got beat to West Virginia last year, right? I mean, you you went to Iowa State. You had to fake a field goal. You would have lost up there. So we're not a big time program, <laughs> and that's the thing. Now look, if you win these five games, you're five and zero. Oh, you go in that Texas game where it was one of the worst game plans ever in the history of the universe last year. Lost forty nine to nothing. Maybe you can, you know, have some redemption, but until this team proves that they're a big time school, I'm not buying it. And so I think a lot of people are like, yeah, win, win, win. I don't know if they're going to go to Cincinnati and win. Why? I don't know why I would have that confidence based on what I've seen so far out of this. Patrick, he said, I, no, uh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Amal. He said, not a big time. Sixth all-time in win. Sixth all-time in oh, win I, percentage. I mean, no. come on, man. What are you, a I, I, He's fan? on one, right? I, he he is one of the more positive, friendly human beings of all time. I am legitimately depressed. My <laughs> assumption is you're going under the nine-and-a-half win total for Oklahoma. We're back with Halterman next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, more with Aaron Halterman. First, power ratings, picks, previews, predictions. Pro has become a VSIN Pro subscriber. Get all access pass to our betting tools, betting splits, and the 2023 college football and the 2023 NFL betting guide, which will be updated. Over the next month, both the NFL and college football guide are going to have you ready to turn a profit on the gridiron this year. The only way to get the guides and everything we have to offer is to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. And you can do exactly that at vsin.com slash subscribe. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. We're actually juiced to the under nine and a half on Oklahoma at minus 120. Halterman said during the break, as we welcome you back, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher, Aaron Halterman, RacingDudes.com. If you're thinking about getting into the sport of horse racing, go exactly where I learned it, at RacingDudes.com. They're the best. The podcast rules as well. They know how much I love them over there. Now, one thing he did, now correct me if I'm wrong, Amal Shaw, but Halterman said if they go 6-0, and which means beating beating Texas and Dallas, He's going to come on sharp money shirt off with a painted O on his chest. Is that what he said? He absolutely said that, you know, Patrick, I've been to this game many times and I always would cheer for the crimson and cream just because all my friends went to Texas and the Dallas area and they're so insufferable. I cannot wait to cheer for Boomer sooner in this matchup when they go six and oh, they beat Texas on the first Saturday at the state fair. I'm right there with you. Halterman, uh, a bit of a Debbie Downer, as uh, Dustin <laughs> Tweedleson uh, texted me during the segment. He hates Oklahoma football more than I hate the Mets, which is, <laughs> if anybody knows Dustin, he, his favorite team on the planet is the Mets. The team he hates the most is the Mets. Is that sometimes we can get in our own way when it comes to handicapping a team that we love and have passion for? Do you think you've got the blinders on for Oklahoma, or are they just that bad? I, I do think I lean towards the negative side of things when it comes. Okay. Are we going to be good this year? Yes or no. You know, I always like try to temper those expectations and it is kind of, it, it's, it's kind of tough. It does suck when you're handicapping your own team because you don't really see it probably the right way or, or, you know, with just neutral glasses on, so to speak. So, I mean, it could be a little bit of that. It could be the fact that I drive five hours to the game every Saturday and we lose to teams that are terrible last year. That could be part of it too, Patrick. Who knows? It could be that I'm looking at a six and seven team and think, well, they're not going to be much better too. I don't know. Could <laughs> I'll let you make the call. Patrick, I'm going to tell you right now, the worst loss Aaron probably has Ugh. had as an Oklahoma Sooner fan was probably the loss to LSU in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I covered Oklahoma for 10 years in the Big 12. They dominated this league. I don't understand. Like, Aaron, you've had one bad year. There are fan bases that barely have winning seasons. I mean, this is a program. When Stoops got there in 99, 2000, wins a national title, the only blemish was that damn safety against Florida State on the bad snap. And this is a program that has dominated. They put, you know, all these Texas people are walking around with that big win last year. Remember, Oklahoma beat Texas one year 63-14 to in Dallas. Hey man, if Bob Stoops was coaching, Lincoln Riley was coaching, I'd be, I'd be feeling good. You know, I, I agree with you. We had some great years and listen, I, I, I'm sitting here talking about the reality of where I think we're at right now, but I've had season tickets to OU, my dad and I, since 2000. And I, I, all those games you're bringing up, I was at every one of them and they were great. Right. And I, I'm not, I'm not being ungrateful towards Oklahoma. They've given us so many great memories and lifelong fan. I'll be at every game this year, but I, I just feel like we, you can't just roll the ball out and say, Hey, this is Oklahoma. Look at our great tradition. You gotta have players. You gotta go out and make the plays. And I'm very skeptical that we've got 
the guys that are going to go out there and be able to win 10, 11 games and win the big 12 again. That's, that's all I'm saying. Hey, Patrick, well, at least this. you're going to be, he's going to bring a positive attitude to the games this year. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, before we transition seven of the last eight years, Oklahoma's only finished in the top 10. Well, here, here's what I'm going to call him out a little bit. Aaron Halterman, racing dudes.com. It was a couple of years ago at the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> you and I were talking about a certain head coach. His name's Lincoln Riley. Okay. And I remember at the time I said, Riley is going to go to USC and win a championship. Did I say three or five years within three or five years? One of the two, we had a bet three, three, okay. I said within three, you laughed in my face, said, I can't wait to get that dude out of Norman. Now you didn't necessarily say that, but I said, this is a catastrophic loss for the program. And at the time you didn't necessarily think so. You got Venables, a guy that I feel like you wanted at the time, and everything's turned as far as your mood. No, I I still don't think Lincoln Riley was a guy that was going to bring the national championship to Oklahoma. I really don't. And I don't think he's going to bring a national championship to USC, quite frankly, even though I do think he has done a very good job so far. But he, he has a problem, and you saw it come up last year. When you play teams that are very physical offensively, his defenses don't hold up and listen, they're going to do the same thing they did at OU. They're going to go through coordinators and the next defensive coordinator. They're going to say, this is the guy, this is the guy that's going to do it. It's just for whatever reason, that's never the guy. When Alex Grinch was hired at Oklahoma, everybody said, Oh, Alex Grinch, he is the guy that'll turn around this defense. It wasn't any better. And, And the game that Amal talks about that LSU game, that was Grinch defense. And they looked like they could have given up 300 points that night. It was helpless. So anyway, I, so I don't think Lincoln Riley was a great loss. And I said this though, if the next hire is a, it does the job, right. Is a, is a solid coach gets the job done. And yes, at the time I thought, okay, Venables probably deserves to be a head coach. Let's see what he could do. I was hopeful. And now it's more like, I'm not really hopeful as I just hope that I'm so wrong. Right. In my opinion, after, after one year, but I still don't think Lincoln Riley is like a wizard. Uh, I, I think what he can do better than maybe anybody is evaluate quarterbacks that fit what he likes to do. When you look at all the quarterbacks he's recruited, he is elite at that, but overall, yeah, I'd probably rather have him than what we've got right now, but I still don't think he is like the guy. Well, the irony, Amal and Aaron Halterman joining us. So Aaron sent out a pretty cool list ahead of the show. He said teams outside the top four. I like this year. Okay. And he's got five of them. The irony as an Oklahoma fan, two of those teams, one is Texas the next is USC. So while you just said that about Lincoln Riley, you are high on USC this year, and you're also high on Texas this year. Well, if I start with USC, it all it all starts with Caleb Williams. And guys, I, I'm going to tell you something. We we have been so lucky at Oklahoma to watch these great quarterbacks: Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. I mean, fantastic players. This kid has the most talent. I've ever seen at play live at Oklahoma. Of course, you know, the freshman year I'm talking about, he came in, in the Texas game. They were way behind after Spencer Rattler was just awful in that game. They had to bring Caleb Williams in. He made play after play. They beat Texas in a all time rally. It was unbelievable. The next week, my dad and I are in the stadium. They're either playing TC or Texas tech. I don't remember. And so it's Caleb's first start. It was right after that Texas game. We were, we, we sit in the South end zone. So they're coming towards us, right? They're on about the 35 yard line. Williams rolls out to the right and throws a rope to the back quarter of the end zone. Perfect pass for a touchdown. I looked at my dad and I said, we've sat here for 20 plus years. I've never seen that ever. I, I, a throw like that. It was it just ridiculous. And he looked at me and my dad hates everybody and everything. And he said, well, I've never seen anything like that either. That was unbelievable. And so you looked at year two at USC this kid was fantastic. I mean, out of all the shortcomings of this defense, Caleb Williams was just fantastic. So I think they've got enough, uh, you know, with him, they've got great depth at running back wide receiver. I think their offense will be good enough to overcome sort of the, the shortcomings of the defense. Tell us why you like Texas. Well, I hate Texas, but I do like this team this year. I, I think <laughs> 
when you <laughs> when you look at Texas, they've got they've got ten guys back on offense. Their their wide receiver core is absolutely loaded. Xavier Worthy, uh, incredible player. Uh, they did lose B. John Robinson, but they get Cedric Baxter in there. He's one of the top freshman running backs in the country. I think he'll be pretty good. Uh, Quinn Ewers, solid quarterback. I don't think he's like this world beater. I don't think he's great, but I think he's solid enough. And we'll see Arch Manning there. I don't know if he's going to play this year or not. We'll see how that plays out. I, I'm not a huge believer in Sark, to be honest with you, uh, Sarkeesian. I, I I don't think he's great, but I think he's done a good job building this offense. Things to be really good. Defense is still questionable, but they play in the Big 12. I, I think Texas is going to be pretty good, unfortunately. Hey, Patrick, I'll tell you what. If they're not getting the ball to uh, Jatavion Sanders at least five touches a game on the offensive side of the ball, Sark should be fired. Yeah, and you've come to the right show to say I'm not all that high on Sark. Sarkeesian is a garbage coach. There's no other way around it. He's had opportunity. I don't know if it's Nepo baby. I don't know what's going on. He's had opportunity after opportunity to have, uh, again, now he's at Texas, one of the big-time programs. Texas, by the way, sitting at 9.5 over at DraftKings. USC sitting at 10. Okay, so yeah, you've come to the right show to take shots at Sark. Uh, nobody in the history. Sark was at USC. I'm ne- I would never minimize somebody's personal problems. But, I mean, he literally had issues in that regard at USC. Goes to the rehab, literal and figurative, with Nick Saban and becomes an offensive coordinator and flips it to Texas? Uh, we're not talking about Houston, Texas. That is Sarkeesian in a nutshell. You've got... Three more teams outside the top four that you really like. We're coming back with Halterman. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. I hope none of Steve Sarkeesian's family was listening to the commercial break. <laughs> that, was, we, that was unfair. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. The big guy just put up four baseball plays for tonight. VEASAN.com slash picks is the page. You can sort by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts to find out who to tail, who to fade. For VEASAN Pro Picks, betting splits, power ratings, 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You can sign up for only $19 for your first month. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, we got you back. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, Aaron Halterman, part of the family here on Sharp Money, RacingDudes.com, handicapper at Racing underscore Dudes. So the teams outside the top four that he likes, we have the AP, which dropped today. The coaches poll dropped. I think it was last week. We'll have some fun with that tomorrow on the show. But outside the top four, we went through Texas. We went through USC. You've got three more remaining. TCU, Oregon, and LSU. I'll let you start with which one you want there. TCU, Oregon, LSU. Where do you want to start? Uh well, I'll start with Oregon because I think um, they're kind of the less obvious one out of the LSU, and I like them a little bit more than TCU. So we'll start with Oregon here. I think they're over-unders, nine and a half win, uh, for wins. Uh, look, I think Dan Lanning was a really good hire. Uh, he was uh, The Oregon job was open the same time the Oklahoma job came open, and uh, I would have been fine with Dan Lanning. I, I think he's going to do a great job at Oregon. I think he already has, to be honest. He's, he's on the right, uh, you know, the right track. He understands the transfer portal and how to go get kids. And he also has the resources behind him at Oregon with all the Nike money. So they're in a pretty good spot. Uh, you look at quarterback Bo Nix. It's kind of a meh for me. Like, I don't, I don't love him. I don't, don't, don't hate him. I think he's okay. I think he's solid enough because they've got a lot of depth at wide receiver. They've got a lot of depth uh, at running back. They added a, a Alabama transfer to that wide receiver core as well. Uh, I just think that offense is going to be pretty darn good. You look at the defensive side of the things. It seems to me they've added a lot of size. I, I think that was kind of the the thing in the off season. They wanted to get some size there. I thought they felt like that defense struggled at times against kind of the, the, the better offensive schools in the PAC 12. I think Oregon's going to be tough this year. Uh, like I said, I think they're going to build something good there. I thought Dan Lanning was a really good hire. I think they're going to, what are they? 15th? I think on this AP poll, I think they're going to finish higher than that. I, I like them quite a bit. This is to win the national championship, right? 
No, just teams well, that he likes big, outside okay. of the – he's just giving you an idea uh, of okay. teams that may be a little undervalued in Oregon right now, yeah. sitting nine and a half, as you mentioned, in the market. Go ahead, Amal. No, I think, look, you bring in Treshawn Holden from Alabama. That's a great add on the perimeter there. Uh, they've got some players. I, I probably like Bo Nix a little bit more than Aaron does, but I don't think he's been able to deliver in the bigger games. If he can do that, I think this team could be on its way. The big thing, guys, is I like Bucky Irving in terms of running the football, Troy Franklin on the perimeter. But can this defense, the pass defense, which was really, really bad last year, if they can improve that, I think it's wide open, guys. You know, we talked about the MAC probably the most competitive from top to bottom this year. I think when you look at the top four teams in any league, I would say either the Pac-12 or the Big Ten probably have the most competitive top four teams. Yeah, the Pac-12 is, I, I totally agree. We, the balance in the Pac-12, it's not just top-heavy for a big-time conference. It's awesome. And to your point, Aaron, about Dan Lanning, what impressed me, first off, he was 36 last year when he was hired. He's 37 now. So you mentioned being able to connect with the younger kids and what they're into as far as the portal and getting involved there. However, what I really loved about Lanning last year, you guys both remember, I think the game was in Atlanta. They got boat race to opener against Georgia. I mean, I'm talking boat, boat race. Couldn't do anything well. They look listless on the sideline. The body language was terrible and completely turned around the rest of the season. That's a good job by a young coach. And, you know, you're right. And the other thing about it is they, they lost like a fluke game at the end of the year against Oregon state, or they would have had a chance to win the PAC 12 last year, even. So yeah, that, that was a tough, tough loss. And you're right. I remember watching that thinking, uh Oh, there, maybe this guy isn't that great, but you know, they, they really turned it around. So I'm with you. I listen, I think they're a good team. Uh, how good, like, you know, I don't know if they're going to win the national title, but do they make the final four as if you, if you've got them at a decent price to make the final four, I think they're worth a look. I, I just, I know their schedule's kind of tough. They got some tougher road games, but I just see improvement year two uh, under Dan Lanning here. Well, you mentioned it two losses at the end after the minus the Georgia game, two losses by a combined seven points, one in a rivalry game at Corvallis. And then the other one against mm -hmm. Washington, where it felt like last team to have the football was going to win that game. And Penix and company hit a big play to win that one. Yep, yep, absolutely. To make the postseason or make the playoffs, yes, on Oregon, 5-1 to one, if you want to take a shot over at DraftKings. Let's go to LSU. Brian Kelly, year two. Last year was a bit of a free year, and they won the West, which was wild. It's just an incredible coaching job uh, by Kelly. Where are you on this LSU program this year? Brian Kelly, it's unbelievable how good this guy is with the personality that he has. You know how we were talking about Dan Lanning? He's young. He can relate to these guys, blah, blah, blah. Brian Kelly seems like the biggest jerk to ever live. I, or doesn't he? I mean, I don't know how yeah, he relates to kids. I don't know how he recruits kids, but he does, and they play great. I mean, look at Notre Dame, guys. Like, nobody's winning at Notre Dame, and then Brian Kelly comes up, and, I mean, they didn't win a national title, but, hell, they they were better than they had been in a long, long time. They had great teams there. He goes to LSU, and you're right. It, he looks at the roster like, this is kind of a mess. I think if they win eight, they're going to be really good. They played above that talent level, and so now you get year two, and it's like, I don't know how this guy does. I mean, he goes to LSU, and I'm like, no, he's going to not fit in at all. He is so different from what, you know, you usually see at LSU. He's just fine. They were good. I think they're going to be better. He's added a lot of guys uh, on the transfer portal here uh, to try to beef up the the depth because they really didn't have it last year. They got like three running backs that I th are better than almost 90% of the other team starters. Uh, I, I think they're going to be really good. Daniel's year two under Kelly as well. Uh, the quarterback there, I think he's going to have a solid year. So I think they'll improve. And like I said, man, I, I don't know how he does it, but man, he he's got a track record to say this Brian Kelly is, he is a heck of a coach. Patrick, I completely agree with everything uh, Aaron just alluded to with Brian Kelly. Doesn't have necessarily the best personality. I mean, but you look at this guy, seven of his last eight years, he's won double-digit games. And when you look at what he did in his last five seasons at Notre Dame, it's incredibly impre uh, impressive just based on the difficulty that they have recruiting certain student-athletes because the academic requirements there. Now at LSU, we're basically they're like, hey, is there a chance you might be dead? You're alive? Come on in. You can get in academically at LSU as long as you may have a faint pulse. Yeah, he's done an amazing job. He, he's a hell of a coach. He is off-putting. His personality can be quite off-putting. Um, but his players play for him. You said it well. You said it very well, Aaron. Okay, last one. Last year's darling, Sonny Dykes, runs it back. TCU, missing a lot of pieces, brought in some nice little transfers here. 
Um, we're not expecting the same type of run, obviously, as last year, but you like TCU this year. Yeah, and I want to be clear that I, I'm with you. I, I don't think they're going to go to the national championship game or anything like that, but their win totals at seven and a half. And I just kind of look at this team and I don't, I know they lost a lot. I don't think they're going to drop as bad as everyone thinks. And you alluded to it, the transfer portal, man, he's brought in some, some guys. Now let's talk about Chandler Morris. Who's probably going to be their starting quarterback. Let's not forget two years ago, Chandler Morris beat out Max Dugan for the starting quarterback job, but he got hurt. Dugan took over the job and that was it. He, he held on to it because, you know, he's obviously pretty darn good. This Chandler Morris can play. Uh, people don't realize Lincoln Riley actually recruited uh, Chandler to Oklahoma. He came to Oklahoma for a season before he transferred. And, and Riley said when we, tra- when they recruited him, it's like, look, this kid kind of reminds me of Baker Mayfield a little bit. He's fiery. He can, he can move. Uh, he can make plays. I think he's going to do well. And I think he's going to do well because man, they have really loaded up transfer portal. They went to Alabama and it was like, just give us all your second stringers. Right? So they get Trey Sanders, uh, a five-star kid, one of the top recruits in the country. He really didn't pan out at Alabama, but you know, coming to TCU, I think he's going to be better. They got good transfers from Alabama and Oklahoma state at wide receiver. I think they're Offense isn't going to miss much of a beat. Now, defensively, I don't know. We'll see. They weren't really great there last year. I don't think Sonny Dykes, that's really his specialty. But I expect this offense to be awfully good again this year. I would agree with you. The addition of Richardson, the receiver from Oklahoma State, is going to be a huge addition for them. Let's see what JoJo Earl is able to do as well. But I tend to agree on the offensive side of the ball. We'll see what Joe Gillespie's defense looks like this year, though. All I know is Sonny Dykes was fired after year four at Cal and Justin Wilcox <laughs> is entering year seven. <laughs> like something, something does not add up. And hold on. Because I'm, yes. And Sonny Dykes played for a national championship. It, correct. Yeah, it, it's, it's fascinating. Well, Mr. Halterman, a tremendous appearance. Uh, I'm just picking myself up after whatever that was about Oklahoma. But again, <laughs> that is, and I agree with you under nine, nine, nine and a half is steep, but if they do go six and oh, five and oh, head to Dallas and beat Texas to start six and oh, you're taking your shirt off. You're going to paint a big O on your chest. Yes. I'll be the happiest person in the world if that happens. And I probably, if you have me on on a Monday, I'll still be hung over from the Saturday down at the Cotton Bowl where I will party all night long if we beat them and we're 6-0. and Maybe even your father, who you said doesn't like anybody or anything, will be in a good mood at 7-0. and Excuse me, 6-0 and as well. Aaron Halterman, RacingDudes.com. Great job, bro. We'll talk to you next time. Coming back, top 10 here, Sharp Money. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her 
roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football season, betters know this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VSIN. And now is the time to become a VSIN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and NFL guides. Only VSIN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team. With advanced stats, power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards, you can sign up today for $199. That gives you everything we offer through the Super Bowl. Or you want to give it a try for a month. It's $19 for your first month. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. I'm Al Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. I just want to say this. I've got more notes from the preseason games over the weekend. And I I know, and I think it was against cover zero on a slant. So the Judy touchdown pass from Wilson. Okay. You can have that. Russell Wilson looks washed to me. I, I don't know what it is. It's just, just eyeball test where he just doesn't seem sure of himself. He still looks frankly a little chubby to me. He just, he looks like a shell. I, I don't know if you guys got the same vibe. He got hit a ton as well. Peyton's not concerned. You know, Peyton's going to throw him out there. They're trying to get used to the new system. Rhythmically, he's got to get involved. But he just, I don't think last year was an aberration, boys. I, I, he appears to be washed to me. And I, I say that because I know for a lot of people, the Broncos, not necessarily a sleeper, but a lot of people are high on this team of all. Patrick, couldn't agree with you more. I was shocked when people were talking about this Denver team and how things are going to get turned around. I'm like, have you guys seen Russell Wilson play? I mean, he is yeah. not the same quarterback he once was, the lack of mobility. And I'll tell you one thing. I go back to this kind of really cemented it for me in any sport. When a team that drafts you, develops you, and then eventually trades you away, Richard Seymour was that guy for me. When the Patriots got rid of him after the success he had in New England, and you could start to see the fall off with the Raiders, and similar situation with John Snyder and Pete Carroll in Seattle, they saw Russell Wilson every day in practice. And as good as Sean Payton is as an offensive coach, I don't know if it was his arrogance or just not seeing what was there with uh, Russell Wilson, but he is not the same quarterback. But the bigger issue with the Broncos, Patrick, is even if they have a bad year, you've got this contract that's for five more years. I mean, you are stuck with this guy that's going to handicap your team for a number of years to come. Yep, 100%. Did you see anything differently than Amal and I with as far as Russell Wilson? It just... Looks like an aging quarterback that looked unsure, kind of not stepping into throws. There's something off about him to me, Dustin. Well, he's a deceptive player, like over his career. For for starters, let's go with uh, number one. They subtracted him from the Seattle Seahawks a year ago, and how good were the Seattle Seahawks with a career backup replacing him? I think that says something about where he was towards the end there and what he was in that locker room, really. Like, also, he's a guy that always wanted to have the ball in his hands and make plays, and the team that knew him best in Seattle was constantly saying, no, Russ, that's not a recipe for success. But he always wanted to, quote-unquote, cook. That was always the big saying, let Russ cook. Well, every time Russ cooks, bad things happen. People get food poisoning. It's an issue. Like, like letting, letting him cook has proven to not be – it may give him better statistics, but it doesn't win football games. And that's the issue. Right now, the only thing you're hoping for if you're Denver is that Sean Payton is such a brilliant offensive mind. And I'm not saying that he is. But you're hoping that he's such a brilliant offensive mind that he can squeeze whatever juice is left out of the career of Russell Wilson and make him a serviceable quarterback that can get you to the postseason. I do like the adage. Did let Russ Cook start with Russell Wilson? Or is that something that the kids, was that part of the vernacular prior? Like, where did that come from? I thought guy? that was the fan base. Yeah, I, I don't. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like. The, I I like the adage. Let them cook. Well, That's it, funny, but I mean the 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 Super Bowl loss is like the emblematic of that whole situation, right? Is like everyone's like just run the ball and play defense, turn it over, and and be conservative, and they let Russ cook and throw the ball, and they lose the Super Bowl. So that's what happens. Yeah. 
It's one of those that easily lends itself to being clowned, though, as you heard from Dustin Sweetelson with the food poisoning blast. It's, you know, it can turn on you quickly. Uh, uh, it was developed by the local fans of Seattle because they wanted him to throw the ball early and often, according to sports-king.com. No free plugs. Okay. Well, I can tell you this. I was living in New York City, and I was dating a girl on the Upper East Side, and there was a Seahawk bar. So New York City is, for those that don't realize, they're littered with college alumni bars and pro bars. Like, if you're a fan of the Nashville Predators, you can find a bar in New York City to go meet up and watch Preds games. I'm serious. But the most, the Steelers fans were beyond anything. I've never seen anything like Steelers fans. I never will. But the most lit, like, bar for an NFL team was Upper East Side. I don't know if it's if it's still the kind of headquarters, but the Seattle Seahawks. And this was probably, you know, I know they went to the Super Bowl. What was it, fellas, in 05, 06? This was probably 10, so kind of a transition. And the Seahawks fans were awesome all the way in New York City. No surprise. Um, it's a great fan base. The other news, before we close some tabs, and, of course, get to the big guy's new top 10, which I don't know what it is. I'm excited to hear. Uh, Cowboys, ex-Cowboys running back Zeke Elliott is going to join the Pats on a one-year deal. We all just kind of chuckled earlier today when we saw that. And James Harden, we started off the show. He said he'll never play for the liar that is Daryl Morey. I'm glad that segment is over. <laughs> big, big guy. We've got the top 10. You see the odds quickly. The Clippers are your big time favorites over at DraftKings to land Harden services at minus 280. 76ers, three and a half to one to procure. The Knicks, I hope for you that's not true. Oh, Dustin, please. Six to one. The Heat, eight to one. Stay away. Stay away. Close a few tabs before we get out of here. Let's go ahead and start on a Monday. Go ahead, big where, guy. Where was that Seahawks bar? Upper East Side. Was it Carlo East? Yes. That, is it still the is it still the headquarters? On Yelp, it is listed as the number one Seahawks bar in New York City. The internet <laughs> is fantastic. It really is. The, the, the internet, that's good. That, that thing's going to become something. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Al Gore. Good job by you. <laughs> yes, that was the bar, though. That bar was crazy. Anywho. Let's close the tab. Uh, Patrick, you said Harden believes he's the Harden of 2018. I believe the children are our future. Just a reference. Um, okay. Uh, you mentioned your. So, can we discuss this a little bit further? You had a friend in college who would eat onions like an apple. Yes, just take them and eat them, but like he's biting into an apple. He did it because he enjoyed it, or he did it for the shock value. No, I think he was like a workout guy, and there was nutritional value. And there's something about onions that he was getting. He was getting some sort of, I, kids say macros. I don't know what the <laughs> nutritional conversation is these days. But I think he was like a hardo and he was trying to get some nutrients out of an onion. It was did, weird. Did you ever see him kiss a woman in your time knowing him? With he wasn't, No, he wasn't big into that. <laughs> I know he tried aggressively. It <laughs> never quite worked out. Everywhere, man. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about the Panthers offensive line. Wanted to look it up. Uh, Aquanu, the first-round pick. Bradley Bozeman, who's pretty solid, coming over from Baltimore, I think a season or two ago. Uh, but the rest are just kind of just guys. Brady Christensen, Austin Corbett, Taylor Moten, just guys. Speaking of the Cowboys, they just reached an agreement, an extension with team captain Zach Martin. The new deal will pay him north of $18 million in each of the next two years. Martin's still a baller? I don't know. Don't know uh, that answer. I think he was all pro last year. Yeah, according to all the rating systems, he is one of the elite guards in the league. But the problem with paying guards is, like, you'd rather spend that money on an elite tackle. Fair. Fair enough. Says the guy that wanted the draft. Quentin uh, Nelson. Quentin Nelson. Oh. Number two overall with the Giants pick. Everything would be different. D this is great. Dustin's top 10 fears. Yes. Last week it was smells. Let's get to number 10 on fears. I love the graphic. Good job, Michelle. All right. Number 10. Whenever I'm walking up a flight of stairs, especially like concrete ones, I'm always terrified that not only am I going to fall while walking up, but my mouth is going to be open while I do it. I'm going to smash my teeth into the stairs. I don't know if other people have this fear, but I'm always thinking about it because I do like try to move kind of quickly up the stairs. And I, I always, I mean, I'm a bit of a mouth breather. I'm always scared. I'm going to just land mouth first. 
So is this Dustin's top 10 irrational fears or some of these going to be rational? No, because falling backwards down the stairs with your mouth open is a pretty irrational no, it's fear. Forward, falling if, forward. If, if you've oh, ever been to bad. Neyland Stadium, number 10 is a possibility. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've been on some steep staircases. Yeah. Why don't you hold on to nine? Because I think there's a conversation to be had there. Because I share the same fear. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just be honest. We'll tease it for tomorrow. It wouldn't be great. (laughs) No, no. Feels like the worst possible. I was getting ready to say the worst one, right? I mean, that would be horrific. So, and so is that picture. It's like it'd be like taking a knee, but there's actually a minute thirty left on the clock. It's okay if it's first down, though. <laughs> I believe that picture is like, here's Johnny. Yes. Is that the picture? Is that what it, you, It's a combination of that and Firestarter, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is brilliant. Great job, Michelle. Great job, boys. Nice <laughs> to get the week started. Peter Burns, thank you. Johnny Avello, thank you. Go check out the Survivor Contest and everything at DraftKings. Ted Wynn, thank you. And Aaron Holterman, thank you. Boys, we'll be back tomorrow here on Sharp Money. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.